The Buccaneers have completed four interviews for their vacant offensive coordinator job with two more coming up. And Brady has a little something to do with it. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you are watching live. And we thank you for making your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, Deputy Editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com, joined by my soon-to-be road-not-raging co-host, David Harrison. You can check out his coverage over at BucksGameDay.com. And, of course, you can follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at DHarrison82. You can follow at JayArko underscore Bucks, but I haven't tweeted anything since Sunday because I'm still locked out of my account. and it's really annoying and i hate it it's been very peaceful on twitter lately i've noticed um thank you again for making the locked on bucks podcast your first <laughs> listener first view every single day today's episode of locked on bucks is brought to you by linkedin jobs linkedin jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl today we've got buccaneers offensive coordinator updates on this live episode of locked on bucks and uh most recently interviewed We've got some other updated news, but most recently, the Buccaneers have interviewed Bengals quarterback. That's Bengals with an E, not an A. Bengals quarterback coach Dan Pitcher on Friday. Of course, they did so virtually because the Cincinnati Bengals are uh, getting ready to play the AFC Championship game in Burrowhead Stadium. They're in Burrow City, Burrow, Zuri. I went too far with that. According to Scott Smith of Buccaneers.com, quote, Pitcher has spent the last seven seasons on the Bengals staff, the most recent three as the team's quarterback coach. Prior to that, he was an offensive assistant from 2016-2018 and the assistant quarterbacks coach in 2019. Pitcher's promotion to quarterbacks coach coincided with Cincinnati's selection of LSU quarterback Joe Burrow with the first overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft. Pitcher has helped the young passer develop quickly into an MVP candidate and a playoff catalyst. James Yarko, what do you say about Mr. Pitcher? Uh, I mean, you can't question the results that he's gotten as a quarterback coach. Does that translate into being a good offensive coordinator? I guess we might find out, right? This is a guy who has now studied under Zach Taylor, who comes from the Sean McVay coaching tree. And it seems that that coaching tree has been moderately successful, I, I would say. And I'll go on record as saying I didn't like the hire of Zach Taylor for the Bengals when they made it. Proved me wrong, just like the offensive line proved me wrong last week. We'll talk about that later. Um, but it's it's an interesting name. It's an interesting move. And look, if, if Tom Brady does not come back and the Buccaneers are in a situation where they're starting Kyle Trask or they're looking to draft a quarterback in the upcoming draft or, or maybe with the plan of drafting one next year, obviously, Pitcher has experience in grooming and developing a young quarterback. Now, granted, Burrow was already that guy as soon as he came out of LSU, but you have a guy who has hands-on experience working with a young rookie quarterback, developing him into a franchise quarterback. So that track record is pretty solid. I was surprised by the name, but I, I like it. Uh, honestly, I like the idea of it. 
But as as Evan and I talked about, and you and I have talked about off the show, is, is Todd Bowles going to hitch his wagon to a first-time offensive coordinator? This is now the fourth interview. And of those four, only one has previous offensive coordinator experience. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, that in, including pitcher, you also have the Broncos passing game coordinator, Clint Kubiak, Minnesota Vikings wide receiver coach, and former Buccaneers wide receiver, Keenan McCardell. And then, of course, Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback coach and former Lions offense coordinator Jim Bob Cooter have all interviewed for the job. And, and Mike Garofolo also reported that the Bucs are including Tom Brady's potential return in the interview with these yeah. prospective candidates saying, you know, how are you going to handle running the offense if Tom returns in addition to, you know, what else could you envision if Tom doesn't return? So an interesting little, little twist that maybe the bucks are a little bit more confident that a lot of the fans of Brady will be back. Yeah. Um, here's going to be my unsubstantiated take on why the Buccaneers are interviewing a lot of what would be first time offensive coordinators, because when first time offensive coordinators have veteran quarterbacks, what do they tend to do? They tend to lean on that veteran quarterback a little bit mm -hmm. and say, okay, what works for you? What do you like to do? Let's do this as a team. And I'll also develop off of you while I help develop a scheme for you to be successful. Tom Brady's about as veteran a quarterback as they come. And a lot of the problems, which we'll get into here in a minute with the last season was maybe a lack of teamwork, a lack of cohesiveness between the coordinator and the quarterback. So you bring in a young guy uh, like, like Mr. Pitcher here, coach pitcher, who again, like you said, has, has substantial success with a young quarterback. So he's got his knowledge that he's drawn. He's got a youthful energy about him, kind of a modern look at the game. But then because it's his first time as an OC, he's going to lean a little bit on Tom and what Tom has done. I think it's it's a good it's a good marriage. I think you look at guys uh, like 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 a veteran, like a like a Todd Munkin, who will, who will kind of bring up here in just a second. I know he's being asked about in the live chat. I think you're looking for more of a young quarterback or maybe a lesser experienced quarterback to take guidance from uh, the coach and the coordinator. So I think it's an interesting balance, and I, and I, and I want to applaud the Buccaneers for kind of going in multiple directions here, not just sticking down one path and going down that one. I think that one uh, is important real quick. Uh, shout out to Ben, Matt, uh, Gary, everybody else joining us here live. And of course, everybody who's listening after the fact or watching after the fact, we appreciate all of you. Um, here's what I'll say about coach pitcher. He is coaching possibly the coolest quarterback in the national football league today. Joe Burrow has got one of the biggest personalities. I know he's not like the flash. He's like the dancer and all that, but he has got one of the biggest personalities in the NFL. Not only is he coaching him successfully, he's done it for three years running. And they're listen, the Bengals did not promote this guy to quarterbacks coach the year they drafted Joe Burrow on accident. That was done on purpose. Zach Taylor has built a very good staff. He's he's had a lot of success there, even without a very good offensive line. What do the Buccaneers have this last season? Not a very good offensive line. This guy knows how to work an offense without a very good offensive line because he's he's been part of that process. He's seen his offensive coordinator call those games. So, I mean, I mean, honestly, man, this makes a lot of sense. We didn't pick him out uh, ahead of time, but now that he's come up as a candidate, we've done a little bit of looking into him. I mean, I'm almost mad at myself that we didn't uh, think about this guy because he makes a lot of sense. One more name that I want to throw out there before we get to the latest, latest news about the offense coordinator search is Thomas Brown, Rams assistant head coach, tight ends coach. Honestly, he's a guy that's interviewed with the commanders. That's the only reason I'm even he's even on my radar. But this is another young guy comes from the Sean McVay coaching tree, obviously with the Rams. Uh, uh, one of his running backs, Malcolm Brown, came out and said that if the commanders were to hire him, that players in the locker room would absolutely love him. Team guy knows how to make this thing a team effort. If he's a player's type of coach, obviously the coaches in Tampa would probably 
love him uh, as well. So I think that that kind of transfers. So he's another younger guy who comes from a very creative, modern offense, has worked with veterans, has worked with young guys. So I think uh, his his is a name that, you know, maybe the Bucks talk to him, maybe they don't, but he's another name to watch out there, at least for the offense coordinator search moving forward. Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure more names are going to continue to trickle out probably over the weekend. In fact, David, right before we went live, there was another name that came out, and that is, yes, the one that everybody keeps asking about, including Benjamin Rosa in the chat. Georgia Bulldogs offensive coordinator Todd Munkin will interview next week, as will Giants quarterback coach Shea Tierney. So more to follow up on that. Uh, shout out to Jenna Lane. She was the first one that I saw report the Todd Munkin news right before we went live. And then, of course, the news about quarterback coach Shea Tierney came from Mike Garofolo, who we are going to, uh, you know, we're going to continue to talk about him coming up in just a moment. So far from over is this process. And uh, I know Bucks fans are going to be real excited to uh, to hear that Todd Munkin is interviewing could be a big return or maybe they'll go in a different direction. As Vincent in the chat points out, Munkin's making two mil at Georgia, and that might be a lot to pay for uh, for an offensive coordinator in the NFL. You're going to have to give that dude a little bit of a raise, but who knows? Stranger things have happened. We are going to continue to talk about the potential return of Tom Brady, thanks to something that Jeff Darlington put out earlier in the week coming up on today's episode of locked on bucks and today's episode of locked on bucks is brought to you by linkedin jobs as a small business owner or hiring manager you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs with linkedin jobs you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post, your company, and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect them Fast and free is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus their leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again for joining us on this live episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, making it your first listen or your first view every day. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Locked On NFL podcast. Get your daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories, including plenty of Tom Brady, I am sure, plus in-depth analysis on the biggest games in the NFL. Key predictions every Friday and on Monday. Local insiders cover every game with Game 2 Game episodes. Locked On NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Jeff Darlington, known Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady, friend, buddy, insider. I mean, this dude is about as inside a, a guy's career as, as anybody can get. Put together a pretty cool video. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, make sure you check out Jeff Darlington's Twitter page. He tweeted it out there. It's pretty good, uh, pretty good stuff there. And, and it, it gives a synopsis kind of everything that is Tom Brady. And it goes back about a year and really kind of goes through the retirement, the unretirement, and everything else. And it's a really, I mean, it's three and a half minutes, but I mean, there's so many bases covered. 
in those three and a half minutes. Unfortunately, due to legal reasons, we want Locked On Bucks to stay on the air, so we cannot play that video for you here on YouTube. And if you're listening to the show, honestly, do you really want to listen to everybody watch a video? No, you don't. So check it out on Jeff Darling's Twitter timeline, of course. Uh, but we're going. We kind of broke this down. Kind of broke down into bullets here. And so we are going to discuss some of the some of the key points here in Darlington's video, James. What uh, what is the, what's, I mean, there's a lot of things that stood out, right? But what's the first thing you want to discuss from what stood out? Yeah, the biggest thing for me when when you and I were talking about what are we going to talk about on this episode, I said I want to talk about the Darlington video because the biggest thing that stood out to me, and it it plays so much into the mentality of Tom Brady that we have known from covering him the past couple of years, but even just as football fans, we have known this about Tom Brady for a long time. And it's that he holds himself to a certain standard. On top of that, he holds his teammates to a certain standard. So coming off of a season where they go eight and nine, and he knows he didn't play well, he knows that the team didn't play well. Seeing him walk away from the team when they were kind of in shambles throughout 2022 seems like the opposite of who Tom Brady has always been. So when Jeff Darlington mentioned that some say that he wants to come back and be part of the solution, that really resonated with me because that's Tom Brady. He wants to go out there and he wants to say, look, I came back to this team for a reason. I unretired for a reason. And that reason was not eight and nine and getting, you know, booted out of the playoffs against the Dallas Cowboys. We started this thing together three years ago. I came back. I committed to you guys. But one of the other points that we'll bring up, I'm I'm sure, is the fact that he wasn't really fully committed. So it, it would seem very strange to me that Brady would say, all right, I came back. I wasn't fully in it. And now I'm going to leave you guys high and dry. Best of luck in the future. Thanks for the $35 million that goes against your cap this year when I go play for the Niners or the Raiders or the Jets or, or whoever. So that was, that was the biggest part for me was that, yeah, I think Tom Brady does want to be part of the solution. Yeah. I mean, look, you mentioned it. There's, there's a part in the video where Jeff Darlington literally says that Brady himself uh, also knows that his own mental focus was gone for the bulk of the season. And that's, or for a bulk of the season, that's a quote from Darlington's video quote. Brady also knows his own mental focus was gone for a bulk of the season. So yeah, absolutely. That's that's something that stood out from the video. Something that that stood out from the video for me, which I think that maybe not a lot of people are going to resonate with, but this is kind of something that resonated with me is really just kind of behind the scenes look at what being Tom Brady really means. I mean, the video starts off with Tom standing at the podium saying, "Quote: I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of s word going on." I was there for that, and yeah, I mean, and. He looks tired, right? But then Darlington kind of goes in to chronicle that following the loss of the Baltimore Ravens, which was Tom Brady's first three-game losing streak of his entire career, the very next day, that Friday morning, is when we see the tweet, the Instagram post, whatever, that Tom put out. And, and I know Giselle put out her own thing that their divorce is, has been finalized. Like, they're, like, literally, this man wakes up from losing a Thursday night football game and he's he's tweeting about his divorce. I mean, like, and and listen, you know, I know a lot of people make jokes about, like, you know, Tom gave up his family for all this thing. I don't personally, um, and, and listen, I don't know, right, 100%, but I don't personally believe that Giselle was like, it's either you retire or we get divorced. And Tom, you said, you know what, I'm going to go play with the boys. 
you go do what you're going to do. I think that was kind of on the path that they were going regardless. So um, that's just my own personal take on it. But the, the weight of what he's going through, I mean, I, I don't want to excuse the poor play. Like you have a job to do and you're supposed to do it and all that stuff, but there's a lot going on there, man. And, and I think it was, a, it was a good way for Darlington to, to frame it, but not overly ride on it and say, this is why everything happened the way it happened. No, no, that's not, that's not true. But it was a significant part of what was going on in 2022 for Tom Brady. Yeah, certainly. And and shout out to Evan. He said this on one of the WTSP Wednesdays, like way back in probably late October, even that he could absolutely see Brady coming back and really being all in because even he was pointing out kind of what seemed to be a disconnect way back early in the season that he does have all the all these things going on. He is going through so many personal adversity of adversities. And he just, we, we saw it on the field at times where it seemed like the, the mental side wasn't there. He didn't lose the arm strength. He didn't lose the capability physically. It seemed like it was a mental thing. And, and so much of what, you know, what you just talked about plays into that. And I'm sure that also played into the fact that, you know, as Darlington pointed out in the video that the guy lost 15 pounds and and Brady isn't exactly a big guy to begin with. So you, you know, you see this kind of drastic weight loss and, you know, during that I'm 45 years old, there's a lot of stuff going on. You know, you could see it in his face, how narrow everything was. And it was like, he just, he doesn't look like himself. And a lot of that might be attributed to the personal issues going on. We've all gone through personal issues that kind of wreak havoc on, on how we normally are both mentally and physically. And, you know, something that that Colin Cowherd even pointed out is the disconnect between the offensive coaches, right? That that seemed like nobody knew what the other one was doing. So that in turn means that the offense never clicked, right? And and the play calling was predictable. It it seemed like Byron never got out of preseason vanilla mode. And you know, that was playing into kind of the the mental side and the frustration of of Brady throughout the year. So a lot of this could be simply, and I know Bruce Arians was upset about the firings, but it was like, look, we weren't happy with the offense either, but we don't think you're the problem, Tom. Look, we're getting rid of all of these people, and you know, we we want you to come back. We're asking our offensive coordinators what they're going to do with you in these interviews. So it uh, it was definitely a very interesting insight from someone that knows a lot about Tom Brady. Yeah, absolutely. And and so moving, moving kind of, I mean, talking about the physical capability, I mean, we saw the arm strength there. You've seen Tom Brady throw the ball downfield and yeah, the accuracy, it wasn't always there, uh, but the arm strength is certainly there. And then again, uh, even with everything going on, something that was not celebrated very much is setting an NFL record for pass attempts and completions uh, in a single season, despite what uh, everything that he's going through. Uh, Darlington also did mention that, you know, there are sources that are saying there are at least two teams Mm-hmm. Two other teams are interested in luring Tom Brady to their city, quote. And then what I really liked is that at the end, Darlington said uh, that Brady has, quote, one final dilemma for the man who has always had the answer. The final thing I'll say about this is, is this. Uh, this is not an ESPN video. So Jeff Darlington works for ESPN. This was not an ESPN video. There's no branding. I even went back as far. I looked at ESPN's timeline. They didn't retweet it. They didn't frame it. They didn't do anything with this Jeff Darlington video, which means Jeff Darlington did this on his own. Now, listen, I'm not doubting Jeff Darlington's skills, okay? 
But let's be honest. Is this more likely something that Jeff Darlington sat at home one day and did and narrated? Or is this something that Tom Brady, who has literally music, like song licenses for Instagram videos, is this more likely a Brady PR video? I think Darlington was fed this video, and that's not a, that's not a shot at all. Like Darlington is connected with Tom Brady. This video was put out for a purpose, guys. And part of it was to say, look, there's a lot of reasons why the, the things didn't go well. The line, he wants to be part of a solution of the solution. Brady authorized that being put out. There's two other teams that want to lure him to their city. Brady authorized that being put out. And then one final dilemma for the man who has always had the answer. James, Tom Brady has not been a hero in about 18 years. <laughs> he's, he's been the GOAT, you know what I'm saying? But he was a hero in the 2001 Super Bowl. He was. He was a hero. And then maybe like 2000 you know, or like the next Super Bowl, he's also a hero. Uh, you know what I mean? But like for like the last 17 years, he's just been the GOAT. Mm-hmm. And what makes superhero or hero movies so great? It's not that they win. No, 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 no. It's that they win if they get knocked down. Rocky won. Rocky gets beat up. He comes back. He wins. Rocky two, Rocky three, Rocky, right? There's a reason they keep doing it is because Sylvester Stallone keeps getting knocked down and then he gets back up. Creed, same thing, right? Tom has never been knocked down since the first movie. Since Tom Brady won, he has never been knocked back down. He just got knocked back down. Do hero movies usually leave with the, the, the good guy getting knocked back down and say, you know what? I'm going to go race cars now. I'm done boxing. You beat me. I'm going to go race cars. No, no, no. Usually you get back up in the ring you got knocked down in, and then you come back. I think Tommy's coming back. That's what I'm taking from this video. I think Tom is coming back. I think Tom wants people to know that he is being pursued because the possible narrative when he does come back could be what? Eh, Nobody really wanted him anyway. No, no, no. There's at least two teams interested in him. Mm -hmm. But sources say he wants to be part of the solution. Look at all the stuff that was going on. But still, he set an NFL record. This is a message, guys. It's crafted. It's put out on purpose. One final dilemma for the man who's always who has always had the answer. It means one more year, and he's coming with the answer to be part of the solution. Tom Brady in Tampa Bay 2023. Book it right now. That was honestly a great comparison. That really was. The, the superhero movie where the dude gets knocked down, and then he comes back and defeats the big bad. Uh, the Buccaneers are the Avengers. Uh, that's that's what I heard uh, out of that. Um, so we are going to, you know, look into our crystal ball, take our Dakota rings off, and predict what's going to happen in the AFC and NFC championship games next up on Locked On Bucks. And this episode of Locked On Bucks is brought to you by. FanDuel, the NFL playoffs are here, and we are really excited about our new sports betting partner for the Locked On Network because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to the point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. There's plenty of action to get into this weekend with the AFC and NFC Championship games, which we'll dive deeper 
into at the end of today's episode. But better yet, it's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports book partner of the NFL. Wrapping things up here on a live edition of Locked On Bucks podcast. And real quick, David, before we um, <clears throat> before we jump over to our predictions, I did want to take a look at the chat. I see you just put a comment up. But I saw that our buddy Ben Rosa said, yep, uh, even if Brady returns, you knew exactly where I was going to. Even yeah. if Brady returns, do you foresee a rebuild of the O-line with our current cap space issues? Again, the cap is what it is, right? But it, there's manipulation. It's it's fake. It's pretend. It's, you know, Matthew McConaughey and the Wolf of Wall Street. Um, they can make things happen. You also have to remember that they really don't have to do a full offensive line overhaul, right? You could look to replace Donovan Smith. You definitely want to look at a guard to replace Luke Gedeke or um, Nick Leverett over there on the left side. You could move Robert Hainsey over to the left side, but you're getting a, a healthy Ryan Jensen back. Shaq Mason played well. Tristan Wirfs played well. I think if you improve just the left guard position – yeah. Donovan Smith's play is going to improve a little bit as well. Uh, we saw how much better he got with Allie over there. I'm not saying you're going to get another Allie Marpet, but you don't have to do a full overhaul. But the cap, and again, Brady returning helps the cap situation because yeah. now all of a sudden he's not costing $35 million against the cap. You can spread that down a little bit. So plenty yeah, to well, talk and Not only does Brady returning help the cap in that sense, if you do target a free agent, they're going to sign for less because they mm -hmm. want to with Tom Brady. Don't forget Aaron Stinney. All right. Now his contract oh, yeah. is up, but last year they signed him. It was 1.4 base salary, $600,000 signing bonus, $2 million. Coming off that injury, not, not trying to lowball Aaron here, but you could probably bring him back for about a mil half, right? You probably, given his injury, maybe you guarantee him 1.2. You mean you give him $800,000 in incentives. Well, he's got to stay healthy, stuff like that. That gives you a three man competition there for the left guard position, Luke Gedeke. I understand everything, but look, it's hard in your rookie season to really get out of the weeds once you're in them. So now that he's gone away, get him work out a little bit. Maybe AQ Shipley brings him down to Phoenix and they put in some work. You know what I mean? Ryan Jensen gets his hands on him for an entire offseason. Let's see what he looks like next training camp. Maybe he takes a couple of strides. And then, yeah, you draft. Look, I would still draft a left tackle. That kid out of Georgia, I mean, he, he looks like a beast. Make Donovan Smith go earn that job. There hey, look, go. if you got a first round left tackle sitting on the bench because your other left tackle earned that job, that's not a problem. That's a good thing. Now, you know, when you see a first round wide receiver that you missed or on or a DB, I got it. You know what I mean? But draft for what you have. And if what you have becomes even better, then your team becomes even better. So, I mean, there, there's definitely one, one or two small moves. And this offensive line is certainly better just by getting healthier. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I'm sure we'll continue to have these discussions as things continue to unfold. Uh, but something that's going to unfold this weekend is the Super Bowl matchup. Now, taking a look around the league with some lines, thanks to our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Last week, David, you were perfect. I was three and one. As expected. We both took the Chiefs to beat Jacksonville. We both took the Eagles to beat the Giants. You took the Bengals. I took the Bills. I was concerned about the Bengals' offensive line. You were not. 
Uh, boy, was I proved wrong. And then, of course, we both took the 49ers over the Dallas Cowboys. So for this week, first game up, NFC Championship, the San Francisco 49ers travel to take on the Philadelphia Eagles, who have looked like one of, if not the best team in the NFL all season long, beginning to end. They had a rough stretch when Jalen Hurts was hurt, but he's back. Who do you like? Um, I like the Eagles. I mean, I mean, to be quite honest, they look like the most complete team, I think, in 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 the playoffs still. Uh, they've looked like the most complete team in the NFC, and they continue to do so as long as Jalen Hurts is on the field. So if Jalen Hurts gets injured in this game, all bets are off. You know what I mean? Plus, no offense to Brock Purdy, but he hasn't played a defense except for the quarterback like this team does. Well, they have like 70 sacks this season. It's like something crazy. I don't know what the exact number is, but it's a lot. It's a lot of sacks, okay? And that is not Fugazi. That is real. That is real punishment. Josh Sweat is going to sweat Brock Purdy all all night long. Uh, Hassan Riddick is, is going to be coming after him, and they've got uh, – someone said last week that the Eagles have two legitimate number one cornerbacks in their defense, and I, I, I agree with them. They have two legit number one cornerbacks. Um, there was someone putting out some Twitter hate, and the Twitter user literally admitted to being a hater, which is uh, <laughs> bold in, in a lot of ways, and I appreciate that. But – uh, kind of demonstrated how many interceptions Brock Purdy has had dropped against him by other DBs. Uh, big play Slay is not going to drop these interceptions. Vontae Maddox, all those guys, and I don't even know the injury reports, so or maybe one of these guys has heard I've done that before. Thanks. Um, but I think Brock Purdy throws two interceptions in this game. You know what I mean? I hope it doesn't completely like strike, you know, clock strikes midnight type thing to his his season. I think he's had a great season. I think he deserves to be applauded for what he's he's done. But this is an Eagles team that has been building to this point for years now, and they're finally getting to that point, I don't think they're going to let Mr. Irrelevant come into the link uh, and shut that down. That that right is reserved for guys like Rondé Barber um, and Derek Brooks. So, Yeah, I would uh, I would take the Eagles with the money line. I would take the Eagles minus the two and a half. And it, it's it's amazing to me going into this weekend, I, I get the feeling that the NFC championship and the AFC championship are going to be polar opposite games. I can see the Eagles Niners game ending like 16 to 10 or 17 to 13. Whereas I see the Bengals and the chiefs, we're talking mid to low thirties, you know, up against like upper twenties. I I think we're going to see two elite defenses put on a show in the first game, then two elite offenses get after it in the second one. So let's talk about it. The Cincinnati Bengals heading to Burrowhead Stadium uh, to take on the Kansas City Chiefs, who are one and a half point favorites. David, who are you taking? Uh, I'm going to let you go first on this one. I'm looking something up real quick. So you go first. All right. I will go first. You said that the Eagles are the most complete team in the playoffs. I actually just wrote for allbengals.com. No, the Cincinnati Bengals are the best and most complete team of the final four left standing. Last year, the Bengals got to the Super Bowl because they were the hottest team in the NFL. This year, they are going to get to the Super Bowl because they are the best team in the NFL. The offense is firing on all cylinders. The offensive line saw and heard what I said about them and said, no, James Yarko in Dayton, Ohio, you shut your mouth and we're going to show you exactly why we are all starting caliber offensive linemen and we're going to beat the snot out of the Buffalo Bills. 
at some point, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to beat Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. It will happen. It's just not going to happen this week, and the Bengals are going to become the first team in NFL history to win back-to-back conference championships on the road. That's a good stat. I didn't know that. Um, The Cincinnati Bengals are winning this game, and here is why. The Cincinnati Bengals are winning this game because they are 29th in the NFL this season in sacks per pass attempt. That is why the Cincinnati Bengals are winning this game. And I know what you're thinking. 29th is not good. It's low. It's very low. But you know what else they are, James? They're top five in points allowed. So think about this. Your defense is 29th in sacks per pass attempt. But your defense is top five in scoring and keeping points low. Right? What does that mean? That means your defense from front to back, side to side, is really good at containing offenses because they nobody get into the to the quarterback very often from the Bengals defense, which means that they're not breaking down in the back end. Their pass coverage is not breaking down. They're getting takeaways when takeaways are, op- are, are presented to them. And when you're playing against Patrick Mahomes, guess what you can't do against Patrick Mahomes more than almost any other quarterback in the National Football League? You can't sack him. Guess what? If you're Cincinnati Bengals, we're okay with that. We don't sack guys anyway. We don't sack Joe Flacco. We don't sack Tom Brady. We don't sack Josh Allen. We don't need to sack Pat Mahomes because we're still going to keep you under 20 points in this game and we're going to the Super Bowl. So, yeah, the 29th ranked sack per pass attempt team, it's actually a good thing because it shows that they're very well equipped to play an offense and keep them low in points, even though they can't sack their quarterback. Uh, But I still think that uh, some guys are going to score some points. I think this is going to be a fun game. But, yeah. Um, if the Eagles are the most complete team in the National Football League, the Cincinnati Bengals are are the 1A and 1B to the Philadelphia Eagles. I cannot wait for a Bengals-Eagles Super Bowl. I do want to say this. I hope late in the game the Chiefs score a big-time touchdown. Maybe it ties the game. Maybe it, it makes it within like three points or whatever. We're talking like more than halfway through the fourth quarter. And I hope the player that scores the touchdown just absolutely roasts Eli Apple because I want to see the trolls just unload on this dude after he thinks he's somebody on Twitter taking shots at every Buffalo Bill possible. Like, dude, you're terrible. And Bengals Can I tell fans, you what's going to happen in this game? Bengals fans are praying that Eli Apple's gone next year. Eli Apple is absolutely going to have a game play, game-changing play. In this game, I hope you I hope you realize that Eli Apple is going to have a game changing play. I'm not putting money on that, James, but special for this episode. We haven't done this all season long, but we're going to do it for this episode and we'll do it for the Super Bowl. We're going to make side bets here. And again, these odds are brought to you by FanDuel, uh, the number one sportsbook in America and our favorite because we love them and they give us money. Um, my side bet, James, is a parlay. It's an anytime touchdown parlay. The odds on this bad boy are plus thirty six thirty, which means. The $10 that I'm putting down on this, which, by the way, I'm doing it for free, so I'm not risking anything, but if I hit, FanDuel's going to give me $363. I've got anytime touchdowns by Jamar Chase, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes. And for those of you who are not familiar, for Patrick Mahomes to count, he has to score a touchdown himself physically, not throw a touchdown. He must uh, be the ball carrier that crosses the goal line. So I've got Jamar Chase scoring a touchdown, Travis Kelsey scoring a touchdown, Patrick Mahomes scoring a touchdown. At any point in the AFC Championship game, I will win $363 because that will happen, despite the fact that Travis Kelsey will have to congratulate his brother on the New Heights podcast and not 
celebrate himself. Uh, I went a little bit more bold on my side bet than you did. Uh, I did do a a same game. I would say so, given the odds. Wow. Prop wow. Parlay. I went big. Uh, this is a plus 82.64. Oh, my so god! That means $10 pays out $826.47. And yeah, I nice. may or may not have used a $20 free bet on nice. this particular bet, which for those of you doing the quick math at home is over $1,600. Yeah. Anytime touchdowns from Travis Kelsey, T. Higgins, and Joe Burrow. Mm. Burrow over yeah. 277 and a half passing yards. And Tyler Boyd over 31 and a half receiving yards. I mean, you know what, though? Like that, I mean, I can see that all happening. I mean, honestly, but like those are some steep odds. I'm, I mean, I'm going to take advantage. So again, go, I mean, we're not trying to be a, a really big FanDuel commercial here, guys. But again, you make a five dollar bet, you get one hundred fifty dollars in free bets. Uh, I don't know about you, but my one hundred fifty dollars in free bets came across pretty much right away. You could throw that down uh, for the for the AFC Championship game. I'm gonna. I'm, I mean, I've got free money left. Why not? Why not throw ten twenty? It's a lottery ticket. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you spend more in the lottery and you have less of a chance of hitting. Um, I need to look. Did you look up how many times Burrow has hit 278 yards or more against the Chiefs in these wins? I did not. I'm going to do that real quick while you start the outro, and then we'll drop that right before the end of the episode. All right. Well, we want to thank each and every one of you once again for making the Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen or view of the day. And, of course, for your second listen, check out the Locked On NFL podcast, bringing you the local insights you love to the national spotlight with daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories Locked on NFL available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I will be back on Monday. David will be traveling. We all wish him a safe and happy traveling down to Mobile for the Senior Bowl. So I will be back for a mock draft Monday. If you guys have mock draft suggestions or you want to do your own and send them into the show, Hit us up at LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com or send it to the DMs on Twitter at LockedOnBucks. You can check out what David is doing over at BucksGameDay.com. You can check out my work over at BucksNation.com. And, of course, follow everything on Twitter at LockedOnBucks. At James Jarko. Yes. Joe Burrow has thrown for over 280 yards in both wins against Kansas City Chiefs in the last calendar year. Um I'm definitely listen, guys. Anytime TDs by Travis Kelsey, T. Higgins, Joe Burrow, which that's that's interesting when Joe Burrow's got to run in for a touchdown. But that could be a quarterback sneak. I do believe Joe Burrow, he had a rushing touchdown against the Chiefs earlier this season. Joe Burrow over 277 and a half yards means 278 or more, and Tyler Boyd over 31 and a half yards, which might happen on the first drive of the game, to be honest with you. <laughs> that parlay plus 8264 a $10 bet which you get for free if you if you bet $5 on anything wizards to beat whoever they're playing next you get $150 whether you win or lose that bet that will pay you 820 i mean honestly you use your entire $150 free bet if you want to on that bad boy and that would be insane so if you if you make that parlay let me know cuz James is making it obviously i'm making it i'm very excited about this i think it actually has a potential to work let's hope so Check out David's work over at Bucks Game Day. Check out mine at Bucks Nation. Follow everything on Twitter at Lockdown Bucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at D Harrison 81.
to. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. Thank you so much for joining us.